Hello everyone. Uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us Mr. Puneet Sindhwani, who is the founder of Paxcom India, uh, which is an omni-channel retail platform. Uh, hi, Mr. Puneet. Welcome to ELI. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rupriya. Good to be here. Uh, I, I would request you to introduce yourself to our audience. Give us a little uh, a bit about your background prior to entrepreneurship. Uh, uh, you can uh, tell us about your uh, childhood, where did you study uh, and how did you land up in entrepreneurship? And after that, uh, please tell us uh, a little bit about tax from what, what kind of company it is, what what does it do? Sure, sure, sure. So uh, quite a few things to cover over there. Uh, so I'm a software engineer by background. Um, I like, um, so I'm actually started, uh, my education is electronics engineering from Mumbai University. Um, after that, you know, I got intrigued by uh, computers and softwares, uh, and then I started learning on my own software engineering. And then for the first few years, you know, I did a job as a software engineer um, in India with a company called Dellsoft, and then I moved to US in '96. Um, for few after a few years of software development, uh, in 2001, you know, I started a company in India called Paxel Technologies. So that was my first venture. Um, in fact, it was the second venture. You know, prior to that, I had a, like a very small uh, co-founding role in a venture in in uh, US. Mm -hmm. uh, but the actual journey started uh, with the company Paxel. Mm -hmm. And Paxel, you know, we, uh, found, we uh, launched in two thousand one, but actually started operations in two thousand three January. Mm -hmm. And Paxel was about a software engineering firm, a product engineering firm. At that time, motivation was that there were not really many product engineering firms in India. Mm -hmm. There were mostly firms around consulting or services, you know, custom development. But we wanted to focus on product development. You know, if we could bring product development to India, if we could convince uh, companies to outsource their entire product development uh, to India, because, you know, we felt that you know, we could do a really good superior job of the entire product lifecycle, not just some small part of a, a software development. That's how 2003, you know, Paxel came into existence. You know, we started with a with a team of one, then grew to a team of five within one month. And then uh, from there on, you know, for first uh, about uh, eight years, you know, so eight years, you know, we grew that business, um, you know, from, from one to five to about uh, 100, 120 or so. By 2011, uh, you know, we were uh, doing business uh, with multiple clients in the United States, you know, had a team, distributed team between offices in uh, Gurgaon and Mohali. So that was going well, you know, we were, you know, doing really good product development and, uh, you know, and when we say product development, you know, we were in charge of end-to-end -end product development for, for, for our clients. Mm -hmm. So by 2011, you know, as, as we were doing, you know, this product development, we started thinking, you know, we had, like, we know how to do a product. You know, we are really passionate about technology where we can apply these things that we have learned uh, into something of our own also, not just, you know, where we are developing product for others. So that's where, you know, um, the next venture started. You know, it was, we said, okay, let's apply this into uh, retail and e-commerce. And how retail and e-commerce came into exist into picture was uh, my close friend from college was into retail and he was doing quite well into retail and, uh, he had a very good grasp into product where to procure from um, and, uh, you know, even to manufacture those products. And we thought that we could bring in technology and and, and get retail into e-commerce. So that's how the next venture started in 2011, which was Mirchi Mart. 
uh, and there, that was a um, it was you know what we conceived as the first omni-channel retail in India. So this was before Amazon came into India. You know at that time mostly it was Flipkart and a couple of other sites like Let's Buy or something you know which were doing e-commerce. Uh, but while they were doing e-commerce, you know we wanted to do pure we wanted to do omni-channel. So we started with our physical stores. So we said okay let's have seven or eight physical stores across NCR. And then we'll have our own brand portal. We'll have our own mobile app. And we'll also see, you know, where the customers are and, and you know, where the customers can start the journey and where they can end the purchase journey. So when in, when Amazon came to India in 2012, uh, we were one of the first few platforms they onboarded as a seller on the platform. So that was an extension to our, you know, our sales channel. So now we have physical details. Now we had you know, our own brand store and we were also present on Amazon. And then Flipkart, when they migrated to marketplace model, uh, we became a seller on Flipkart also. So in a sense, though, that was a you know, true omni-channel. Hey, you can start your research journey or or, or purchase journey from any channel and, and uh, you know, uh, actual purchase at, at any physical or our own store or Amazon or Flipkart. Mm-hmm. So that's how, you know, the eco- the the, the uh, uh, foray into e-commerce happened. Um, from 2011 to about 2014 you know we were doing decently well in e-commerce uh, i think we were like five or six million dollars in revenue within the first few years and we were doing well on the platforms we were doing well on our e-commerce our own brand store also however it was also you know something which was uh burning cash and with amazon and flipkart going a lot more aggressive in 2013 2014 you know we were finding it really hard to compete with them on prices and other stuff Mm-hmm. So in 2014, you know, is when the next pivot happened. We said, look, we have acquired some of the knowledge. We understand e-commerce is not an easy business, but e-commerce is also a business which allows brands and retailers to have a tremendous growth. So from our experience, we were an NCR-based company, but we were getting orders from Northeast, we were getting orders from South, and we were getting orders from, uh, of course, in all the parts of North, North, uh, North India. But at the same time, we were also realizing the challenge in, in fulfilling them across all the channels on Amazon, on our physical store, on, um, you know, our uh, brand store. And realizing that, you know, keeping inventory, managing orders is, is not really easy. And and keeping track of customer feedbacks, reviews, making sure customers are happy. It's not easy. So we had built some technologies. You know, we said, okay, maybe it's it's time to pivot from instead of selling ourselves. We actually enable brands, you know, who who are really good in maintaining the inventory, who are really good in, in in sourcing and understanding which product should be in the market. And we, rather than becoming a B2C or B2B retailer, we actually become a software and services provider. So in 2015, you know, we pivoted uh, from an e-commerce.com, B2C.com to actually a provider, a, a software and services provider. Into, so that's where Paxcom was born. Hmm. So Paxcom is like started a journey in 2015. Uh, and uh, you know we started with the mindset and 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 the vision that we are going to enable people to simplify e-commerce. So our aspect was that look, it is really complex. There are so many different parts to running an e-commerce business, from inventory to product to customer service to promotions, sales, marketing. That you know what we are going to do is we are going to simplify e-commerce for for. Uh, different cohorts, you know, whether it's brand and whether it is retailers, you know, different. Mm-hmm. So we started, the, our first product was actually going to be an, uh, um, a centralized order and inventory management system. 
uh, which would uh, you know where where a retailer could come in put in inventory and just distribute it across all the different channels and manage the on road mm-hmm. uh, however we also got an opportunity to work with a like a leading brand uh, a leading beverage company of the world uh, they approached us and, and were interested in a different kind of a model where we could give them intelligence not just inventory management across these channels so that's where our second line of the product you know was born which was about okay look we know whole lot of data on these channels so so, so there's a lot of public information available on these channels mm-hmm. what if we can get intelligence and tell you know where the opportunities are where the risks are where the threats are and what you should be doing as a business to grow e-commerce mm-hmm. so now we had two product lines one was you know your order inventory management and second was intelligence you know business intelligence and that's how we started growing the business so from our first customer in 2015 we acquired few more customers in 2016 and then 2016 onwards you know the journey of the growth started pandemic accelerated it uh, now we serve about 150 brands in india our monetization model is uh, it's a saas product people pay on subscription depending on what they want to track uh, like what intelligence they want to subscribe to uh, we can give them intelligence on inventory levels we can give them intelligence on pricing level we can give them intelligence on from on on uh, on the three p's you know product promotion pricing and then whatever they subscribe to is you know how much they pay for it is a profitable uh, venture you know we because the software as a service model you know they subscribe to it Uh, we get paid uh, 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 we additionally we also offer services you know so if 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 our intelligence so let's say we give an intelligence that your product content needs optimization right mm-hmm. and then we can give specifics also you know what what specific optimization should happen so that product is more appealing to buyers on let's say amazon now a customer can take that intelligence use their internal team or agency to optimize the content or if they don't have that either bandwidth or know how then we also have a services division which says okay look i can do this optimization for you based on the insights that our tool is throwing up so that is a business model you know uh, right now with paxcom okay. right now we They're serve uh, across the globe uh, you know we have clients across the globe now we serve all the markets now not just india so we serve us we serve australia we serve middle east we serve uh, uh, africa Uh, southeast asia so all the more markets right now we serve hmm. so i also understand that uh, paxcom was acquired by another uh, entity so tell us about you know how the, how did the transition happen uh, when sure, sure. yeah so so in in and uh, it it happened in 2019 so in 2018 uh, you know as uh, so this is pre pandemic so we are growing significantly so from you know one client we had about 25 odd clients by that time and we had a decent amount of revenue so looking into possibility of growing into us market so i i came to seattle to with the mindset that we are going to open um a us um an office and then we'll start uh, getting into the north american market but that's where we you know met uh, founder of paymentus you know uh, we started talking and and it clicked that paymentus can provide us a support you know they had a decent uh, amount of base in north america both in terms of logistics and in terms of financial support as well as you know there are payments company we thought somewhere you know e-commerce and payments you know come together uh, as a play uh, and that's that that you know that's what triggered that you know it could help accelerate the growth in terms of providing all the logistic and financial and 
the payment support uh, uh, and 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 that's how the transaction happened in 2019 okay uh, so just just one thing uh, uh, i would like to understand so uh, the e-commerce platforms they're uh, known for you know not sharing complete data with the customer so help us understand what kind of data do we extract from these platforms and what sort of intelligence do we provide to our end customer using our uh, platform right so look um, it's not that these uh, platforms don't share data they do share data with their customers however it is shared in a protected manner they don't they don't just go about sharing all sorts of data however if you're a customer then you get get get, get all sorts of data from um, these platforms it starts with the sales figures so you can of course get set sales figures you can get some category, uh, you know, benchmarking. And of course, uh, you know, as the brand themselves are selling, right? So let's say our brand, our customer. So one of our customer, you know, is, is since they're directly selling, they know how much they're selling. Mm -hmm. You know, they get, you know, the category benchmarks. They know how much, you know, they're putting the money in. And then some information like reviews and others is, is available online, like best bestseller rank reviews etc right so we actually combine multiple sources of data mm -hmm. and 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 one part is that you know we do it for who our customers are so customers share their data with us they would share you know their sales they would share their offtake they they would share you know their promotion uh, spend etc and then we collect and correlate this data within what is available on on uh, public like bestseller rank or, or or reviews and then we combine them into I know an intelligence for them. So uh, another thing, as a platform, uh, I see there there are multiple pivots and evolutions happening over time. Uh, so tell us what is the next, uh, uh, you know, uh, trajectory of uh, Paxcom? What kind of platform we are going to become probably in the next five years time? Correct. So there there are two parts to it. One path is of course you know. These days, uh, machine learning and AI is impacting almost every uh, facets of life, right? And and for us, it is even more important because you know um, we uh, collect a lot of data, and then when we collect a lot of data, you know we can see patterns, and then we can use those patterns to predict. So, for example, right now we may say you know how to optimize inventory based on set but machine learning can help us or, or ai can help us a lot more in terms of what product what inventory you know what um uh, media channel etc you know uh, that it, it should be promoted on or uh, you know what what pricing what product so whatever we are doing would be accelerated is being accelerated with the implementation of you know ml and ai algorithms in, into the platform so one is that the the intelligence becomes more and more uh, you know, human-like rather than a machine-like, you know, which is right now. So right now, we 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 collect data, uh, we show it to the customer, but we still like customer to correlate or infer from from different intelligence. So mm -hmm. One significant is going to be, I think, that machine is going to be able to take lot more decisions. So mm -hmm. uh, on behalf of customers, uh, so so that's one one path is you know continue this path, but the intelligence becomes more relevant and more actionable and including the point that machine itself start taking action rather than relying on you to take action uh, so i can tell you what inventory level should be but what action needs to be taken right how can i automate that part itself so that's one trajectory and then the second trajectory is 
actual commerce like i said you know um how how can we help the transaction part so like we recently launched a software which which helps in e-commerce on restaurant cafes or small merchants right mm -hmm. so how can we accelerate the adoption for small and medium size business onto e-commerce not just the large platform so large platform can buy intelligence but how can that intelligence accelerate actual going live of a small and medium um, you know a business so that is going to be the you know trajectory for next few years got uh, now we'll uh, uh, we'll uh, try to understand your personal journey as an entrepreneur uh, so take us back to year 2000-2001 when you were just starting out as an entrepreneur. So tell us what inspired entrepreneurship. I think you were employed in uh, in high-paying uh, high jobs. So why did you, you know, uh, change your path into entrepreneurship? What uh, triggered it? Look, it's a hard to define that trigger point. And I look back and and, understand, and try to understand. But I think the uh, there were couple of motivating factors. So one motivating factor was that, you know, I wanted to do something in India. So that was one motivating factor. And second motivating factor was that, you know, at that time, uh, you know, while India softwares were had really good reputation, uh, companies doing work in India didn't have that good a reputation. So it was more like, you know, uh, a low end or, or small bits and pieces or a maintenance kind of a work rather than actual cutting edge, you know, product development. Mm. So uh, one initial one motivation was that you know we really wanted to create a high-end software engineering firm, uh, you know. And the second was in terms of the culture, uh, you know, there's a big motivation around you know how the work should happen or how the organization uh, culture should be. Uh, and you know, uh, uh, so this is 2001. You know, before uh, people had heard of things like uh, you know work from home or people had thought hard about things like unlimited vacation, etc. Right. But we wanted to experiment with these things and say, look, you know, can an organization have a relationship which is mutually equal between team members and the company? So it's not like companies at a higher pedestal, you know, it's at an equal relationship. And where and 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 a team member comes to the company because they want to and they take a leave because they want to and they don't take a leave because they don't want to. They work want to work from home because they want to yeah. keeping in line that okay you know that uh, company goals and individual goals are same. So we wanted to experiment with organization structure or 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 structure or or culture. That was the second motivation. So between those two motivations, felt like you know it's time to you know try something, uh, uh, and that's what triggered you know uh, uh, that push. Uh so when you started, uh, I, I think you started as a software engineer. You you are good at software. You know how to build things. But entrepreneurship also requires a skill of selling, uh, convincing people about uh, you know joining your uh, vision and uh, selling to customers, selling to employees, uh, selling to everybody. So every day you just sell your idea, vision, and um, you know uh, motivate people. So. Tell us how did you you know uh, adapt the sales part of the entrepreneurship and what were the initial challenges if there were any of uh, you know uh, convincing people to join uh, your venture and you know uh, selling to new clients build uh, building the market. So actually, I'm not a very good salesperson. 
person. I'm I'm very shy. You know, I I don't like you know uh, making cold calls or 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 uh, uh, you know that um, sort of sales. Um, and and I never consider myself you know who would be able to uh, motivate others to join something or not. However, what I realized is that when it came to technology, uh, uh, I was very passionate about uh, talking about it. And I was very very passionate about uh, the culture we wanted to build and the kind of company we wanted to build. So the first set of uh, people that we attracted, you know, were because we were very sincere in our approach that, you know, hey, we, what we want to do is build a really high-end engineering firm. And we want to do it in a way that is very honest and very transparent when it comes to clients and when it comes to team members. Mm-hmm. So I think that sort of attracted a set of people who are, who also were maybe looking for a similar kind of a, a, a venture to be part with when it when it came to attracting clients so our first seven eight years business actually grew from references and i don't know how we started getting those references but uh, we really didn't have any sales force no not even one salesperson for the first seven eight years but we were getting decent references a because the demand was growing for technology firm and, and we were getting reputation that we know what what we are doing and and we do it at a very cost effective manner so first seven, eight years growth was all, uh, you know, driven by references. Um, then in 2015 with Paxcom, you know, I got a bit lucky that, you know, I came in touch with people who are really good in sales and they became part of our team. So now we have someone who likes sales, you know, who's really, really good in sales and they're able to drive, you know, sales. Uh, 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 for me, it was, you know, if I like something, um, you know, I get passionate when I'm talking about it. And I think uh, somewhere it resonated with clients when we're talking about uh, solving their problem. You know, we're not looking at it as a business. We're actually looking at, hey, it's a technological challenging problem to solve and we really wanted to solve it. And somewhere that resonated with clients and, and with team members that, you know, our, 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 our focus was not business. Our focus was not numbers. Our focus was we really like solving problems. Mm-hmm. Got it. So all these years of entrepreneurship, uh, I I think uh, you would have you know uh, learned some uh, lessons that 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 were evergreen, persistent throughout your journey. Those lessons uh, were uh, applicable. So tell us some top two or three lessons that you have learned during your entrepreneurial journey that we can take away and uh, probably apply to our ventures as well. Yeah, so look, every venture is different. I'll just share what what my experience across because I got opportunity to work in two, three different ventures. So maybe something that is common across. So one is that uh, um, I think you're not separate from you don't you, your team and you need to be one, right? And then you need to trust your team. So you need to be trust in the sense that share bad news and good news with the team like you would share with your true partners you know don't think them as a separate and my experience has been that you know uh, certain times people are afraid that you know bad news should not be shared with the team members you know uh, but my experience has been that they actually get more motivated to take on the challenge uh, like you uh, versus getting you know uh, afraid of a bad news or what's going to happen so my experience all that year has been that you know the team members and me, there's no different dif- difference. You know, they are all entrepreneurs because they see the challenge uh, like I do. Uh, so that's that's one you know which helps a lot. It also helps because then you have a 
you build a really good support system that you are not alone in the journey because things will happen you know things go bad you know we had a 2008 recession you know uh, and and we were only like a five year old company by that time and for a small company you know recession could be a significant uh, down event uh, but it didn't happen but it was not down event because you know the team members were actually uh, not at all um, you know uh, affected in terms of negative effect saying to everyone was saying look okay we are in this together uh, let's let's try to build uh, and ride this together so um, i think the first thing is that you know the the team members and you need to be partners true partners equal partners and you need to be able to share everything with them good bad uh, you know be totally transparent with them my final question uh, tell us what is the meaning of entrepreneurship for you how would you define the term entrepreneur who is an entrepreneur and what are the skill sets that makes an entrepreneur so i think uh, entrepreneur is to me uh, is someone who looks at a problem and and thinks of is look um, i can solve this problem right versus looking at okay someone needs to solve this problem for me and i think that's why i said you know it's not like like entrepreneur we i think we tend to glorify you know people who founded the company as entrepreneurs but mm-hmm. i think the team members are if the team member is looking at a problem mm-hmm. right and looking look this is a problem and i can solve this problem or i want to solve this problem to me that's an entrepreneur so like you know i truly believe that in our company we are 100 entrepreneurs not just one because when we see a problem you know we should, we look at it and say look uh, let's see if i can solve this problem got it well on this note i think we are at the end of the session thanks for joining us uh, mr punit and it was a pleasure to have you on our platform and uh, i would say my best wishes for paxcom thank you so much pleasant and very nice to be here thank you for having me and good wishes for your venture you know doing a good thing so thank you spread the word <laughs>